Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by the erudite Mr. Jim Eichenhofer, and we've got some stuff to talk about, a game hath happened the pelicans went up against the denver nuggets uh falling 134 to 116 to them uh that team is no slouch i guess we have to uh to discuss it they do have a guy in the joker who uh tends to dominate the nba so not not the result we wanted but it's a it's a tough team to come out of the gates with yeah not the easiest way to start this three-game road trip i mean i thought and this is something that we're going to discuss with our guest today aaron summers i mean it was a big positive both for that game Monday and just long-term going forward the way that Jordan Hawkins played. That was such a massive bright spot to yeah. me. Maybe I'd have to really delve into this, and, and maybe I'd have to take out Wemby from the equation, but <laughs> yeah. it, it might have been the best rookie performance that we've seen so far, non-Wemby category. Right, yeah. I mean, for him to get 31 points and be able to make seven threes, was great, but yeah, I mean, to me, Denver kind of restored order in the second half and yeah. kind of showed the the team that they are that won a championship last year. I mean, they just they just kind of got on a roll and there was no stopping the wave. And they're going to do that to a lot of teams. We have to understand that. I know it. Uh, it, it feels like an excuse, but we, like you said, we got to see some of the Jordan Hawkins we've been sort of waiting for. We kept saying, "Pull the trigger. Eventually, it's going to fall." And then that game, it seemed like, "Oh, there he is. That's the guy we've been waiting mm-hmm. to blossom." And you hope to see more of that going forward. And it's been two games in a row that he's made fifty percent of his threes. He yeah. was four for eight in the game against Atlanta, then followed that up with seven for fourteen against Denver. So. Very encouraging, very good work by the guy in only his sixth and seventh game of his pro career. But like we said, it wasn't enough against a Nuggets team that is off to such a great start so far this season. And yeah. and by the way, too, that, that Denver game, I, I actually tweeted this before that game started, but then what happened in the next 48 minutes of basketball just kind of verified what I was saying and thinking. It's It's incredible to me to think about – the way that people discuss Denver during the offseason in terms of, you know, 
it was almost like in a lot of quarters, media-wise, people were like, yeah, you know, oh, they cool. They won a championship, but, yeah, you know. They thought it was like a blip on the radar. Right. And But, you know, they lost Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. I mean, Bruce Brown in particular had a great postseason. So I understand the people who thought, you know, you take him out of the mix, you take him off out of their rotation, and it's going to put a big dent into what they do. Yeah. But it's like, I, I just feel like, and, and, and again, this is something I referenced before the game Monday, if an if another team in the West, I don't know, let's say the Lakers sure. had a had a postseason where they went sixteen and four, and they swept the Western Conference Finals against whoever they played, yeah. and they just rolled the way that they did, they closed out the NBA Finals by winning three games on the road, the way Denver was able to win all three games, or no, they won they won both game they won game three and four in Miami, then went back and won game five and closed it out. Yeah, if you subbed a different franchise in for that and cha- had changed only the name. This entire offseason, people would have been like, "Oh, the you know the Lakers are gonna probably they'll probably win the next five or six titles it's dynasty." But instead, because it was Denver, it was like everyone just pretended like it wasn't that big of a deal, and you know n- nothing, you know whatever. Yeah, they won one, like you said, but yeah, this will it'll be they'll just get replaced by somebody else. And I love I think, that about Lakers fans; they could just be led wherever. I- I'm fascinated to see if Denver keeps this up what the reaction is going to be because I feel like there's people in various quarters of the media that last season were like dying to see them fail, Mm -hmm. dying to see them like crumble. I mean, they were trying to not give Jokic the MVP in every fashion possible last (laughs) year. And then after the, even after the first couple rounds of the playoffs, I think a lot of people were like, uh, is there a way we can delete what I said a couple (laughs) weeks ago about how he shouldn't be the MVP? And it was just absurd the way that everything unfolded that people were so, like, invested in the idea that Jokic wasn't the best player in the league or that Denver wasn't a championship threat. So um, I'm curious just to see. Yeah. I, I mean, I obviously the Pelicans in the West, and I'm not sitting here saying I want Denver to win 65 games and, like, dominate right. the NBA for the next foreseeable future might, the way that Golden State did in the previous decade. But um, still, I... I just thought that was something that has stood out to me so far. I feel a kinship in that, I, especially New Orleans fans, I think, can, can look at Denver as like what we could be in mm-hmm. terms of what a market uh, is because New Orleans is often overlooked in the NBA market. Uh, we A lot of people just, oh, they have a Pelicans team. If they weren't trying to be cute, usually they're wearing a Lakers jersey. Uh, but it, it seems like to, to be able to build organically the way Denver has, uh, to have a rabid mm. fan base locally like Denver has, yeah. Uh, just to be steady and to be a constant threat in the West. That's where New Orleans wants to be. And I feel like they very well could be. You, uh, and Denver, again, you don't want to you don't want to fall to them. But that's the team that I still feel like has the blueprint that we may be trying to, you to know, chase. That's a pretty interesting comparison. I, I kind of like that and in a lot of ways, especially the part that you said about um, building a team organically where they've, they've drafted really well. Yeah. A lot of their core guys are people that have only played for the Nuggets. They haven't played anywhere else. They got Jokic in the second round. They got Crazy. Jamal Murray in the lottery, and he's been there the whole time. Michael Porter, the same thing, um, was a late lottery pick, but has panned out really well, yeah. especially when he's he's been able to get on the court and not have injuries affect them. So, um, yeah, I, I like that analogy. Um, I just feel like sometimes with – and, again, I, you know, I'm this is – wasn't this wasn't a scheduled rant, but it became one. Oh, I just feel it's like rant. I just feel like um, sometimes it, with the N, with NBA media me, people that cover the NBA, it's almost like a caste system where it's like mm-hmm. you can't rise above whatever your station in life is. And if you're the Nuggets, you can't possibly 
get above that. And like, if you're the Lakers, though, no matter what you do, you're it's the greatest. And it's thing so ever. crazy because it's such a player-driven league. It just shows that how in love people can blindly be with markets, and that mm-hmm. that doesn't yeah. make sense to me in such a player-driven league where players seem to dictate where the spotlight goes. Certain markets just seem to be shunned by the casual fans. Mm-hmm. And I think Denver is is one of those those teams you can point to and be like, you can't do that there, right? And it it's it's with them specifically, it's such an interesting dichotomy too, because the West has these marquee, not only marquee big time markets, massive markets, but also places where there's a bunch of stars that have clustered. Yeah. I mean, like L.A. now between the two teams in L.A. has basically six players yeah. that are you know household names, guys that have been all stars a bunch, and now they're all in in those two teams that play in the same arena. So you have so many people that are invested in talking constantly about the Clippers and the Lakers, and then you have this other team that's in the next time zone that's in kind of, by NBA standards, like a remote right. outpost, but they're also the team that kicks everyone's butt constantly. Yes. So it's like you kind of have to not really – you can't really ignore them. I love having to drag the casuals by the nose into the light and see uh, what's actually happening. So, again, uh, props to Denver. They are, I feel like, what we may be trying to build towards if we're lucky – uh, they top the Pelicans, but uh, that's okay. Many, many, many more games ahead. Uh, speaking of things ahead, let's get to it. Uh, our guest today is Miss Aaron Summers, team reporter for your Pelicans and Saints. She is very, very, uh, very busy right now, but we were able to get her in off a jet plane, uh, get her in studio, and talk to her about uh, this past game and the state of the Pels. So let's get to our own team reporter, Aaron E. Summers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast. So excited to have her here and her insight because she has been busy as ever. Team reporter Aaron Summers, uh, always with great insight, always with the inside scoop. Aaron, how are you doing? I know you've been busy. I'm doing great. Yeah, just balancing 
between the Saints and the Pelicans right now because we're in crossover season. Yes, this is the time of the year where Erin is just a blur in the building. You'll see her going from <laughs> Saints to Pelicans to some Which other work she Which is funny because I'm not that fast. <laughs> but, but you make it look really quick. At least she looks hurried. Uh, speaking of hurried gentlemen, Jim, uh, you are a hurried gentleman. I've seen you just, just scratching notes furiously about these last two games. I feel like the Pelicans have some problems to, uh, to solve. But man, it looks like you've got the fix with the scrolls in front of you. Yeah, I've got my information here. Um, information. I've got all all <laughs> kinds of stuff written down. Um, this game against Minnesota, I think, is going to be an interesting affair. Um, I think one of the biggest things I want to talk to Aaron about, though, is Jordan Hawkins. I mean, coming yeah. off the game that he had with 31 points Monday against Denver, seven three-pointers, a lot of times you would think a rookie – going into the home of the defending NBA champions against a team that is off to a great start would be a little intimidated. Yeah. But what did you see from him in that game? Well, he wasn't intimidated. And <laughs> yeah. we've heard from head coach Willie Green and a lot of the other players on the team that, you know, he's just fearless. He's aggressive. He is ready to shoot at all times. He's got a quick release. He moves off ball very quickly. And yeah, he's not afraid of the moment because he's been there. I mean, he played in the national yep. championship and won. Right. So mm -hmm. he's been in really huge environments and atmospheres. I don't think going into Denver really bothered him at all. Yeah, yeah, it feels like that was part of his pedigree when when he was coming into the Pelicans organization. It seems like they value that time he spent on a national championship yeah. and that sort of uh, grit that it's going to give a young player. Well, and it's interesting because he was he only played two years in college, mm -hmm. so it's not like he's that mature per se of right. a player. That's but forever he's, for first round. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's like he's so an old he vet. and the progress that he made from his freshman year to his sophomore year was huge. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see how much more he can build off of what he's already doing. By the way, I'm not sure how many people noticed this, but at the end of his press conference Monday after the game, he uh, he said something about playing against Denver, the national champions. And he was like, oh, wait, <laughs> I mean, NBA champions. Yeah, yeah. And, one, and I think Christian Clark, one of the reporters, said like, Hey man, you, national champions. That's you. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in the mentality. The national he's champion. in the mode. That's good so to know. It was, it yeah. was funny. Just and he to, just got his ring. Right. Oh, was, nice. That was that a really cool cash. moment. Yeah. yeah. I would be yeah. flexing on everyone in the building with that. Just, oh, you, you wanted to see me? Just showing my <laughs> paint my ring the whole time. Uh, but he's he's a he's a he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's not doing that. Speaking of that, I mean, what are your impressions of his personality or what he's like off the court? Or his just his kind of his approach and his, mm -hmm. his the way he carries himself. He's got a very quiet demeanor, yeah. but he will open up and talk to you kind of one on one. Um, he's starting to show a little bit more of his personality mm -hmm. in that regard. He definitely jokes around with his teammates, but he does kind of keep this like even keel mentality at all times when he's on the court. I have not seen him get too hot or too cold or really even like lukewarm yeah. or like mm -hmm. <laughs> either, either side of that. So I think that's part of it. He mentioned the other day that before games, before his first start, he just had to sit there and remind himself, like, it's just another game. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that I'm starting this one. It doesn't matter. Can he talk to Graf about that a little bit, maybe? Yeah. It's just like, another game. <laughs> just one more. Yeah. 
but it's okay. Pre-game <laughs> meeting. Yes, yes. Before he goes on the air. Jordan Hawkins, the therapist. For There's the like 80 more of them, so yes, it's okay. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I, I, so that's a great mentality yeah. to have. It seems like he, he is mature. And, and, and to your point, quiet. It, it's, uh, it just seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. He is even keel. He's taking the coach's advice to keep shooting it no matter where he's at in his slump right now. I, I think, too, for me, I'm still at the point where I'm kind of getting to know him. Obviously, he hasn't been here that long, but mm. he strikes me very much as, and this is a, a to me a big positive. He strikes me as um, he's all about the job. He's all about playing basketball. Oh, yeah. Like he's not distracted by a bunch of different stuff. I don't, I don't, don't know much about his social media, but he doesn't seem like he's a guy that's like you know posting stuff about fashion and mm-hmm. yeah. all these other things that are fine. But like his approach, it just seems like he's so immersed in the basketball part of it, which is good. Yeah, he's very focused, and I think it started as soon as he got here, you know, he was really trying to put a lot in at summer league over the summer. And he put a lot of pressure on himself early to be this elite player right out of the gate Mm -hmm. because that's what he left college as. But we've seen that with rookies. It is, there's a little bit of a a growing period. And Mm -hmm. I think he's finally, it didn't take very long. It's only been seven games, but I think he's, you know, catching up to the speed of the game, how things are played, where he can be effective. Um, I mean, shoot, he is not afraid to take a shot, which I think is huge. The confidence, whether he's hitting or not, at least he's taking shots, which is something we've needed for the Pelicans for a while. Yeah, I feel like you can see a lot of young players' confidence sort of, not shattered, but you can see it sort of crack early, Mm -hmm. especially if they come from a program where they're the cream of the crop, a national championship, and then they have to adjust to guys who have been playing guys like you for 20 years. You're nothing Mm -hmm. to them. You're just another guy coming out of college. Yeah, And and to be able to succeed through that, I think, is going to be huge for his future. And even adjusting to losing sometimes is tough for rookies. I mean... And I don't mean like, okay, all of a sudden you're on the worst team in the league, but you go from, I mean, he's a perfect example. You go from college where you might've been, your team might've gone 30 and five last year and lost a game a month, maybe over the course of the season. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the NBA, even if you're a 500 team, you're losing a couple games a week. So a lot of games and you feel it. Right. You got to be able to get used to that part of it. Um, You know, obviously hope this is a short term thing and we hope it's a really short term thing, but He's one of the guys that's playing more with CJ McCollum out of the mm-hmm. lineup, which was super unfortunate that, you know, after the start that CJ had that he's not able to play right now. But I mean, who do you think are some of the other guys that are benefiting in terms of getting more playing time, con- being able to contribute more? And like I said, hopefully this is just for a little bit before CJ is able to get back. Yeah, well, with CJ out, you definitely need another shooter. And Jordan Hawkins stepped up in that role, hitting 7 of 14 from 3 the other night. And then I think Matt Ryan, obviously, has been a huge asset in that regard, Mm -hmm. especially without Trey Murphy. You know, they really do need an outside shooter. Both of those players have stepped up. Dyson Daniels has done a really good job of being effective in his minutes, not only on the defensive side, but he's made strides on both sides of the court and, and very, maybe nothing that's standing out to anybody, but he's made improvements. Mm -hmm. He's scoring more points. He's more consistent. He's taking more shots. Um, you know, he's got more rebounds, more assists. I mean, he's improved in every single category from last season already this season. So that's a good sign. Um, and then Herb Jones, I think has really shown to be, a little more of an offensive asset than than he was last year. Absolutely, yeah, the, and that feels like Lanyap, doesn't it, Jim? For sure. I mean, yeah, Herb Herb stood out to me so much from the beginning of even going back to 
preseason practices yeah. and training camp and stuff like that that you I thought he would make a jump but I think as a few players have mentioned including Zion talked about this that he's somehow improved defensively which I mean is is pretty amazing mm-hmm. that he's been able to make more strides in that category. Um you mentioned Dyson, I would kind of describe the way that he's improved as subtle in a lot of different yeah. ways. It's not something like you mentioned how, you know, it might be it's not like you can look at his stats and be like, "Oh, he's so much better player," but if you if you watch um just a lot of the little things that he does and I think like Herb, he's def- he's improved defensively as well. Mm-hmm. He was already a, a big time plus at the end of the floor, but he's making a bigger impact, I think, you know, being disruptive, getting steals and, you know, rebounding, he's better as well. Um as far as Herb goes, unfortunately, as we record this, we don't know whether he's going right. to play tonight right. against the Timberwolves. Um, he's listed with he's listed as questionable, so you know, fifty fifty of whether we're going to see him on the court tonight. Um, in terms of this game against Minnesota, I mean, what what do you think are are um, some of the things that the Pelicans need to do? Um, I mean, for one thing, that jumps out of the charts to me is the Timberwolves are number one in defense right now mm-hmm. and so I think that's definitely going to be one of the things that's a challenge but w- what do you what do you see as some of the interesting parts of this matchup well I think it goes beyond just the matchup and the way that this team plays through four full quarters yeah mm-hmm. because we haven't really put together four full quarters all season there have been especially the third quarter these these moments where it seems like the team's just completely falling apart. Yep. They're not their efforts not there. They're not rebounding. They're not attacking the glass. They aren't playing as a unit. And I think that's where they need to really make sure coming out of the second half, they are focused, they're detailed, they're communicating, and they're putting forth the effort that they started the game with. Well, and we've talked about how they are shorthanded. They are without Trey Murphy. They're, they may be without Herb Jones. We'll see now. No CJ. Do you think it's it's still a matter of figuring out the offensive rotations or how to use players in certain sets? It's It may seem like an excuse right now, but every team is shorthanded. We understand that. But right now, a lot of the team's scoring identity is kind of on the sidelines. You think it's sort of a matter of how do we attack? How do we score against certain teams right now? Well, the areas that we have done the best at is in transition, when we can rebound and run and get out and get easy, fast-break points. The Pelicans are really good in that area. They're averaging 11.86 per game, which is fifth in the league. So if you can capitalize on those moments, then that's a huge advantage. But it starts with their ability to rebound. It starts with the effort. When you don't have somebody on the court that's uh, a sure shot, you can make up for things like that with – hustle plays with playing like better defensively and and bringing that effort at all times. So I think that's just where it's got to start. Joe, you mentioned, um, you know, a lot of teams have injuries across the league. It's, there's no doubt. I mean, there's some pretty big name players that haven't played yet this season or guys that have been out for a few games. I mean, Bradley Beal, for example, hasn't played yet. Devin Booker's only played in a couple games, but I do think that, um, and, and I hate to, I hate to put it this way, but I do think that, the Pelicans have more key contributors out than any team in the league right now. Mm -hmm. So we're just hoping that they can kind of, you know, weather this stretch here where you're, I mean, you're talking basically four guys that are listed out tonight and then Herb is questionable. So you might play a game against the Timberwolves team. To me, that is very important in terms of um, the standings. They could be a team that you're vying with all year. You're playing this game potentially without five guys that are contributing. Yeah. But um, you know, the players that we mentioned earlier, um, 
it, they're getting the reps and they're getting more of a chance to play. So yeah, I mean, I think these off. minutes are going to be val- extremely valuable for them as the season goes on. And that was something that we said last year, but we were already halfway through the season yeah. at that point. So mm-hmm. to kind of get this experience, get them the opportunity to get on the floor more, I think is really is great, you yeah. know, because when Trey Murphy comes back, Matt Ryan's not going to see as much time. Right. Just a steady hand. And Jordan Hawkins might not either. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to come in ahead of them. So for them, when they do get the opportunity later in the season to be ready to go is going to be huge for the team. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great point because it seems like the Pels are, are young and it seems like they mm-hmm. need seasoning. That's just a part of this team. But to have some depth when they've had to go out there and win shorthanded and to be able to bring that off the bench and having that clutch experience, especially with this in-season tournament and how important some of these early games are, uh, it seems like that could be crucial down the stretch. It's a great point. And, uh, and Jim, who do you think we talked about having to score different, you know, how, mm-hmm. who do you think can make those hustle plays in the absence of some of these floor stretchers that we're missing? I mean, do you, do you expect to see more out of, uh, maybe Dyson in the paint more out of Zion? Yeah. I mean, I hope that we don't have to answer this question later today, but I am <laughs> curious to, to hear, to see what happens if Herb can't play. Right. Like because who starts start, in his place. Be, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last game, it was Jordan and Herb in the backcourt. You don't really have a point guard among those right. two guys, but, you know, they're just making do with the best that they can with who's available. Yeah. So that that will be interesting. Um, if Herb doesn't play, maybe Dyson Daniels gets a start. Maybe, you know, you're playing a second-year guy and a rookie in the backcourt. Right. But, I mean, what the way that those guys have played and started this season, it's not something that – worries you or concerns you that you have such a young pairing of guys and with Dyson coming in like that that is a point guard I mean mm-hmm. he does right so yeah yeah and I mean you know like Aaron was saying I think you know Matt Ryan's minutes might go up as well I mean just because you're trying to you're trying to figure out how to plug those minutes in in the backcourt right We're still waiting for Jose to come back as well ah, yes. still waiting for Najee um so I mean short term I think that that's going to be um, they're gonna they might have to just increase that even more in terms of guys that are playing more minutes than maybe we anticipated. And bringing up Jose and Najee just reminds me of how much of the heart of this team is still on the sideline. Right. I mean, you talk floor. about the hustle plays and the effort. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. those two guys epitomize that. And, and just the toughness on the floor, the right. grit. You know, it, they're not afraid of anybody. Najee, of course, will get physical. Jose's not afraid of anybody. And and I'm not saying that there's a bunch of, you know, scaredy cats on this team, but the, the, the grit that those two guys specifically bring to the identity mm-hmm. of this team is a huge part of what they bring to the floor as a whole. So really looking forward to getting that back along with the floor stretchers like Trey Murphy. I feel like I especially miss Jose's presence in the home games because he's such a popular guy and he's able right, to the crowd. make yes. one he can make one play and turn the whole momentum of the crowd and the atmosphere and the environment of the game for the next it's like, like half a world hour. cup with the Jose chance. I mean, yeah. come on, it's great. Right. So yeah, I think can't wait to see him get back on the court. But like you said, Joe, I mean, kind of the heart of this team, a lot of the guys that were, we wanted to see this year aren't, aren't there yet. So it's a combination of skill and shooting with Trey and some of the other guys that make a lot of hustle plays and defend. And that yeah. Kind of thing. Who do you think can be specifically effective against the Timberwolves that we are shorthanded. We are going to have to kind of trot out. We don't know all the answers of who's going to play, but we are going to have to throw some young guys into the fire, it seems like. And mm-hmm. who do you think may be able to be effective against that T-Wolf squad? I think a lot of this comes down to who can hit their outside shots. Yeah. You know, the Pelicans are top of the league right now in three-point defense. So if they can continue to be that and then 
people can get hot from outside, whether yeah. it's Jordan or Matt. I feel like we're kind of saying this a lot, but they, in order for this offense to be as effective, they have to space the floor because yeah. you need to pull the defense out and then that mm-hmm. gives an opportunity for Zion to work. But if he can't, then having open looks on the outside and people knocking down those shots is huge. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think the Timberwolves, I mean, the Timberwolves obviously with Rudy Gobert, they're a team that has defended the basket really well. Yeah. Something that he's done his whole career. So maybe this is a game where Jonas can take a few handful of three pointers. And um, so I don't know if a lot of teams go into games against Minnesota thinking, yeah, we're going to dominate in the paint offensively. We're going to pile up a bunch of points there. I mean, the Pelicans can do that with Zion being one of the best, if I'll not say, the we're best. We're one of the few that can say that. I feel but like. still, I think Aaron's, Aaron's you're, you're right in terms of that, that they're going to need to make some open shots, some outside shots yeah. to just kind of stretch the defense a little bit. And um, I think Minnesota is the best team defensively in the paint right yeah. now. And they're they're number one defensively overall. And I think I think you're right. I think statistically they are. And it, that's actually something that the Pelicans actually got dominated in the paint points against Denver in the last game, a lot of that was just because of their Denver's cutting and some of their mm-hmm. fast breaking where they ended up with a dunk on in transition and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but uh, still it's something that I think is worth watching tonight. And, you know, speaking of worth watching, I think while we have you here, we should ask you about maybe your in- initial impressions of the in-season tournament, as well as maybe I think well, I'll, so many people have talked about the aesthetics of it as far as the courts. The laser light and, show. And it's funny, as much as there's been maybe a little bit of criticism or people saying like, man, the, the Bulls court like burned my eyes. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's kind of a funny like um, unintentional marketing job by the NBA yeah. because I feel like it's the conversation traction. of it – lasted so much longer than it probably would have if it wasn't for the the, the court. courts. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What do they say? Like, no publicity is bad publicity. Right, right, right. So, yeah. mm-hmm. yes, people are talking about it. Um, they A lot of people are like, what's up with the new court, you know, that aren't as familiar. So yeah. it is starting the conversation. It's. I just wish it wasn't so complicated of an answer. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because if someone asked me, d- d- describe the in-season tournament, I'm like, well, sit down, grab a notebook. Yeah, it's, it's a little complicated. <laughs> and also about the courts, I'm like, where were these people in the '90s? None of y'all had Zubaz pants. None of y'all had some hammer pants. Come on, I mean, <laughs> the '90s are back. That's a really good point because if you think about it, and I don't think anyone I've heard talk about it has mentioned this the 90s and even like 2000s had some crazy courts oh yeah the the raptors had like these giant dinosaurs yeah and like a per, a big purple like three-point <laughs> arc yeah. and the hornet charlotte hornets had a a b logo at center court that had like a i want to say it had like honeycombs or maybe mm-hmm. like a flying glasses no, yeah you know you're, you're yeah. a carolina yeah. native yeah. They, i mean if you think about it i mean it's it's a little different because it's it's this is more of like a just a drastic color amount amount of color on these courts, but it's still a lot. Still, I wonder. I really want to talk to our players about what once they play on the court, mm-hmm. if if it changes like what things look like peripherally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like or, like if you're getting a if you're getting a bounce pass or something, but it looks like you're getting it on a Mead notebook from 1998. <laughs> yeah. That's a little crazier than just seeing it come <laughs> off a wooden floor. So it's got to affect the game a little bit. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have the first one at Houston. This week, Friday, ah, yep. Friday, mm-hmm. but then we have two next week. Yeah, so both w- home. Yep, they'll be keeping that court down for two straight games next week. We'll and see. Uh, we'll get a good look at it. I, I do think it's interesting to think too, in terms of anticipation, like you referenced, Aaron. Um, there were seven games on Friday. 
the past that's Friday. Mm-hmm. So we got to see seven different courts. And I think if anything, there's a lot of people out there, maybe even casual basketball fans who are looking forward to this Friday. I'm not sure how many games there are. I think it's maybe like 10 or 11. But, but a lot of it is people want to see the courts. And also, Jim, I know your mailbag is always full. You've got like a Santa bag that you carry around you all the time. Have you been having to, to answer a lot of questions about how it works, when the games are? Aaron, I know you've got a lot of Twitter followers, X followers, whatever they call it uh, these days. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, have y'all been getting inundated with questions about this? Because every casual person I talk to seems to be like, I don't. I haven't really gotten a lot of questions about it. I think people are just kind of like, yeah, there's an in-season tournament and they have these crazy courts. And people were confused, though, about... I did get questions about, I thought that if we're wearing these jerseys, the city edition jerseys, and that meant it's an in-season tournament game, I'm like, no, 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 like we're, that's separate from the in-season tournament. Mm -hmm. That's a thing that we've been doing for a while now. Mm -hmm. We might wear them on the same days, but... It's just the court. My, just my the understanding court. of the city edition uniforms is that the home teams are always going to wear their city edition during the in-season tournament games. Okay. But the visiting team isn't going to, some t- in many cases, because you might have the same color as the home team does. So, like, if the Rockets have dark blue mm-hmm. um, city edition jerseys, I don't know this. I'm just using sure. this as an example. If they have dark blue jerseys, the Pelicans won't wear their city jerseys on Friday because – it's too close of a color yeah. in terms of confusing for sure. the, you know, everyone, <laughs> yeah, including yeah, the referees yeah, yeah. and the fans. So that's my, that's my understanding of the way that works. Um, in terms of people responding and asking questions, I'm the same way. I haven't heard people. I haven't seen people asking on X about it. Maybe I just but, like goofier friends are like, are there holographic referees? <laughs> but I think it's going to amp up a ton on Friday because I think a lot of it is for right, us specifically is they haven't market. played. Yeah, right. yeah. We, we haven't played a game yet. Yeah. So I think once they once Friday approaches and we get close to tip off or once that game is underway, people are going to be like, wait a minute. So like if you lose one game, you're out. Right. And we're going to be like, no, that's not true. Right. And we'll have to explain more. Right. So I'm kind of looking forward to that part of it of just kind of trying to tell people like what. Some of the ins They're and outs always of a sage it. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there that's is what... a knockout round, but we're not there yet. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, let's worry about that when we get to it. We've already got so much confusion that we're mm-hmm. dealing with. Uh, Aaron, I guess uh, you're gearing up for it. You will be on the coverage. Give us some info and then what you're going to be doing for this one. Well, we are still on the road. So Friday night for our away game, Gus, Catengill, and I are going to be at Wrong Iron. Woo! doing a radio remote broadcast there. So I know Pels 12 is going to be out. It's going to be a lot of fun, going to be a watch party, always giveaways, different things like that. So come watch the game there and and cheer on the team. And then they'll be home on Sunday. And I will be on the call with Graf for that one. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So Aaron is going to be very busy. You might be able to see Gus at Wrong Iron dancing on a table, depending on how it goes. Uh, We will see. So get over there, check out that watch party Uh, That is going to be exciting. Aaron, thanks as always for your insight. Appreciate it. Huge thanks to Aaron Summers. Busy as always joining us on this Western Conference Wednesday. I almost forgot the day of the week, Jim, but the vibe was different. It's Western Conference Wednesday. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. And, you know, before we get into some of the specifics of this glorious midweek Glory. day that we celebrate as Woo! Western Conference Wednesday, holiday. Um, after we talked to Aaron, we found out 
from Pelicans PR that yes. Zion Williamson is out for tonight's game for personal reasons. So whatever parts of the conversation we had that involved Zion, you can pretend that those didn't happen yeah. because But they will apply soon. Right. He, yeah. Exactly. He won't be playing tonight. So um, that's going to make it even more challenging as far as the front court. You're going up against Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, and you don't have Zion now. You do have Jonas Valanciunas, and you do have Larry Nance Jr., and you have some other bigs and front court players, yeah. but we will not have Zion. Yeah, on just going to miss that physicality against such a great defensive, you know, player mm-hmm. like Rudy Gobert, especially. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to see him just push him around a little bit, but uh, we're going to see how the Pelicans do. Uh, of course, this this. Zion may miss a few games here and there, but the Pelicans, again, are still trying to assert their identity. We've got some players that can still score in the paint, and uh, I guess we got to hope to play a more physical game tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be one of the challenges, I think, when you always play the when you play the Timberwolves. The, the, we, we talked about with Aaron, just their defense is, is elite. So, you know, and by the way, too, the coincidentally, or maybe not. Right, the, right. the Timberwolves were the Western Conference Wednesday team to watch that I mentioned last week. Ah. And, you know, Joe, so far, my team to watch in the first week was Oklahoma City. They went 3-1. and one. The Timberwolves, Sage advice. The Timberwolves went 3-0 and oh in, the, in the last week. Now, I hope to perform better than that because 6-1, and one, that's not really what we want to see from these other teams in the Western Conference. <laughs> right, yes, yes. But hopefully I can perform better in the upcoming week. But going back to what the Timberwolves did last week, um, part of why I picked them was because their schedule was so daunting. Yeah. But they beat Denver, handed the Nuggets their first loss. They beat the Celtics, gave the Celtics their first loss. Um, and in between, they beat Utah by a pretty comfortable margin. So Timberwolves Dang. went undefeated. They started out the season one and two, and now they're four and two going into this game against uh, the Pelicans. So hopefully we can get better results from my third team to watch of the season in the Western Conference. My team to watch this time is going to be the L.A. Clippers. Mm. Um, they are three and three overall right now. They just added James Harden, who's already played one game for them, right. which I know begs the question a lot of people are asking, which is, which is what is the next team that he's going to try to <laughs> right. go to? Yeah. So, um, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens with, on that front. The Clippers are just always a bugaboo. You, you can mm-hmm. never, you can never relax on the Clippers, no matter uh, who's out, who's in for them. They're just stacked. Yeah, they. I mean, they've got you know a, a bunch of big names. We we talked about that at the beginning of the show. That you, you've got. You know, you're up to Westbrook and Harden reunited yeah. for a third time in their NBA careers. You have Paul George and Kawhi who've been there since um, 2019. So, yeah, it's quite a star-studded lineup. The Pelicans have actually done extremely well against them over the last few years. Not sure exactly why. They just seem to match up against them. Good. I mean, it's helped that the Clippers have had guys out here and there, but obviously the New Orleans has as well. Yeah. Um, but in terms of some of the specifics of why I pick them, this week as the team to watch in the West beyond that, they're trying to get Harden acclimated to the lineup and try to figure out how do we operate with, there's only one basketball and there's right. so many players that need touches on this, on this starting lineup. Um, their schedule also is very interesting to me. Um, they start at Brooklyn Wednesday night, but then they have an in-season tournament game at Dallas on Friday, which could affect the Pelicans in one shape or form um, because this they're, these are teams that are in Group B, like mm-hmm. the Pelicans are in the West. The Clippers then have a home game against Memphis, and then they finish this next seven-day period with a road game also in the in-season tournament at Denver. Ooh. So you're talking road games against Dallas and Denver are two of the best teams in the West so far. Record-wise, they are the two best teams. Right. 
um, a game at Brooklyn, and then a home game against the Grizzlies. So I'm curious to see when we c- circle back here yeah. in seven days what their results are. And But like I said, uh, hopefully – I'm not the uh, the person that comes in and fixes whatever yeah. issues you have because so far my teams to watch have just been like juggernauts. They're it's like they're on like a 70 win pace so far. I know, man, you're you're killing us. Yeah, uh, but that's the Jimfo. That's that's the info you need. That's why he is the Oracle in house. Uh, so it's going to get interesting. Uh, I like to think that we're the James Harden and Russell Westbrook of the podcast. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> it's just it's just I have a big beard and you will smack talk anyone that's around and uh, just tenacious, just tenacious. Definitely. Yes, you're you're also a handful. Your personality is just a it's a handful to handle. Yeah, and, I just love to know. dance in a cowboy hat too. <laughs> you know, it's just that's just us. That's our dynamic. Yeah, uh, and that's what we bring to the Pelicans podcast. And thank you for listening to the Pelicans podcast. Do us a favor. Tell your friends and pals, people at the store, random strangers on the street, someone you're standing next to at the bus stop, whoever. Tell them to listen to the Pelicans podcast. Spread the word. We will talk to you once again on Friday. And until then, go Pelicans. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.